0: Folks, I want to take just a second to talk about the Beyond Risk and Back Parenting Masterclass. Now, before you fast forward through this, I want to let you know it will be short because I want you to hear this. First of all, the class is $99. Second of all, it's 56 classes on everything from The green, things are going good, and we want to make them go great. To the yellow, my kid's at risk, and I am worried, and I want them to go green, but they could go red, and how will I know? And then, of course, it is for the parents who are dealing with a kid in red, that crisis, that life and limb section. You get all three of those courses for that $99. You watch it at your own pace, and it comes with a session with me. Go to brabapp.com. That's B-R-A-B-A-P-P.com. Brab. For beyond risk and back. Brabapp.com. Let me help you help your kids.
1: To, To stand up and be mentors as men, right? I think we have an actual responsibility as men. All men. Not just fathers. Not just dads. I think all men have an incredible responsibility to the next generation, and that's part of being a man. It's our job, whether you're a coach or a Boy Scout leader or a youth minister, you don't have to have children. You have a duty to the next generation to stand up and live the life you're meant to live, to live with purpose, and to model how the next generation needs to live, to set the standard and to walk with them, to help them, to be that role model, because eyes are always watching. You don't have to have kids around you 24 hours a day. Little eyes are taking in everything they ever see. Boys, girls, kids you see at the grocery store, they're watching how you interact with other people. They're watching how you carry yourself. They're watching how you interact with the checker, right? When when the checker screws up your checkout process or the server, right, messes up your order. There are kids watching how you respond. As men, we have a just... Inherent responsibility as men to set an example in every single day life, because life isn't about giant moments. Life isn't about those one-off moments that was like, Oh, you can define yourself in this moment. No, you define yourself by living your life, right? It's a lifelong pursuit to define who you are and to be that person. So how do we do it? Well, that's, that's the huge, big responsible question. I started looking at myself. Because I've worked with teens. I've been working with teens for over 20 years. I have nieces and nephews. I now have my own daughters. But I think, I mean, I have over nine, I think I have 10. I have one recently born. 10 nieces and three or four nephews now. And I have my own daughters. And I look at them and I go, how do we make the world better for them? Right? What can I do? I'm not going to go out necessarily revolutionary revolutionize the world in some incredible way. I may not be the next Elon Musk, right? I may not be Tesla, who, you know, (laughs) the man was so far ahead of his time, right? He revolutionized and created the modern world in a lot of ways. I may not be one of those guys, but I define my world. So what can I do as a man? As a man, I can live my best life. I can live up to my potential. I can live in alignment with my purpose. I can be the very best version of myself every single day. That's what I can do. That's what I have power over. That's what I can control. I can't change the weather necessarily. I can't make other people I disagree with necessarily agree with me, but I can live to my full potential as a person in every aspect of my life, whether that's just as a man or as a husband or as a father or as a brother or just as a friend, as an employee, as an employer, to me, that mantle of burden lays on us in every facet of our lives to live up to our potential because you never know who you're impacting.
0: Where, where did this come from? Where did this motivation, this purpose you have to, to teach, support, influence masculinity in the way that you do, where did this come from?
1: So I was blessed to have an incredible father. The last year and a half of his life, my mother and father actually lived with us. Uh, my father had a massive coronary event seven years ago now, and it should have killed him. It, it absolutely should have killed him. He survived another five years. What killed him was an infection he caught in the hospital that started killing his body as a bone infection from the toes all the way up. And it took about five years. But the last year and a half, him and my mom were here. And I was blessed to be able to take care of him and return some of the care because my father was always there. My father was amazing. He was at all of our events. If he missed an event, like it, it hurt him deeply, He'd have to miss anything we were doing. He supported us in everything we did. My father was a preacher, 47 years in ministry. Uh, for the majority of that, he did missionary, like u- local missionary. He worked inside the United States, but it was always small churches that were supported by other churches. And so I had a phenomenal example But from a very young age, I've always felt inclined to help other people, to invest in other people. And as I've gone through my life, I've found over and over again, in every situation, in every job, I always end up being the trainer. I always end up being the squad leader. I always end up being the mentor. I always end up, right? That's just the role. I've done that in white-collar jobs, like the IT industry, which I left recently down to construction and in the military that's just where I always ended up and so I've just come to a point in my life where it's like okay this is very clearly what I meant to do now is men and masculinity specifically it no not necessarily it's what I feel passionate about it's what I feel moved towards but my position has always been that of a mentor teacher trainer kind of individual I thrive. I've, I've done personal training. I'm actually getting ready to take my NASM certification to finally make it official. I thrive on watching people I'm working with take a step forward. Not, not a giant, oh, you're ready to go compete in the Olympia. No, like a step forward. This person can now pick up their kids without some of the pain they used to have. This person can now hold up a motorcycle. They've always wanted to ride, but they were never strong enough to stabilize the motorcycle. This person can move around a little bit better just because they've put in some time to rebuild the body they've damaged over the years. I thrive, man. I see that. I'm so happy. I'm exhilarated. I can get lost for hours on a project like that or working with someone like that. Working with men and masculinity is just a culmination of what I felt passionate about. I got to a point where it was like, I'm looking around. And honestly, my, my daughters, and my nieces had a lot to do with it. As a youth minister, I used to struggle watching teen boys and teen girls date. Because inevitably, some of the boys would have poor role models or no father figure. And they didn't know how to treat a young girl. And these girls would just be heartbroken and crushed, Right. And so I actually have some of my wife's friends actually try to put me up to writing a book and coaching women on understanding their boyfriends or husbands. Because we sit around at dinners and, and they'd be like, oh my goodness, my boyfriend's doing this. And I'd be like, oh, well, this is what that actually translates to. Let me help you understand what's going on. Like, you need to write a book. And so I actually sat down to write a book. But as I thought about it, I didn't want to write a book telling women how to understand men. I was, was like, no. And that was that was before mansplaining was actually a term. I hate that term. I didn't feel like I'm the person who necessarily is at a point where I want to try and explain that to women. Instead, I looked at some of our shortcomings in men, starting with myself. That's why it's the fallible man, right? Starting with myself. And I said, what can I affect? What change can I affect? Well, I can make myself better in every aspect of who I am. And that in turn will make my wife happier. I'll be a better husband for my kids i'll show up better at work i'll progress farther in my career if i show up and put into me right that whole concept of self-care but then that merged into okay well what does that look like what does that actually look like when i start to put those concepts together what do i value what do i think actually moves the needle and matters and how we get there and so i started writing this book and got about 100 120 pages into it and went hmm i should look into self-publishing right i so I looked in self-publishing cause I knew no one, no one was going to publish my book. And I looked in self-publishing and went, Hmm. So I've got to build my own audience. If anyone other than my wife and my mother are going to read this, got it. Right? So I did what all the good, smart people do. i be, I thought I'll become Insta-famous, right? i I started social media, right? Insta-famous. That's what everybody does these days. Right? That was in 2020 and it took me a very short period of time to go, wow. I now know why I've never had a social media account in my life. I hate social media. I just I I have so many friends tease me about it. They're like, with how much you hate social media, you get the irony, right? It's like, yeah, 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 shut up, right?
0: You have an opportunity to influence. You have an opportunity to try to save one or 1% of the crowd that's in front of you of boys and give them a better chance. At being what you term a fallible man. And I want to talk more about that term in a minute, but what's your first lesson to these boys? What's the first words that are going to come out of your mouth that A is going to keep them listening and B is going to send them home to their moms and sisters and grandmothers
1: and go, yeah, I'm I'm going to shift things. The rest of your life is completely in your hands based on every decision you make from this moment forward. You are a hundred percent responsible and capable for every outcome in your life. It's all in your hands. No one can give it to you. No one can take it from you. Every moment, every decision, you choose exactly what the rest of your life will look like. And I think that's where I'd start.
0: And now you've got their parents in front of you. What do you tell them to help them keep that message? What, what tools do you give parents to to keep that kid going, all right, man, this next moment's mine. What am I going to do with it? What do you, what do you, how do the parents help with that?
1: The most important things I've ever, ever tried to convey to a parent is learning to become 100% transparent in your life. I was a youth minister for years. And the reason I was very successful as a youth minister, not my term, other people would call me successful at being a youth minister, was because what you see is what you get. And I never liked my kids. I was the first one to tell them when I screwed up. All the kids I worked with knew I was struggling with quitting smoking. All the kids I worked with knew when I made a mistake because I was the first one to say, wow, I screwed this up, guys. This was my fault. I totally messed this up. Because when kids see that you are 100% transparent, that you own every mistake you make, you don't try and hide it. You're a real person. They can see you. You build the trust and bond that you can't fake. They believe and it empowers them to become transparent with you. But to set that stage, you have to stop hiding. We have to stop pretending as parents that we're perfect. My kids are eight and 11, and I am the first one to say, wow, baby, I, I messed that up entirely. That No, I totally messed that up. That's my fault. I'm so sorry. I'm the first one to go there because my daughters need to know that I'm not perfect and that I understand I'm not perfect. And that all those are, are, are opportunities for me to grow. Some of the biggest
0: things, being a dad to a daughter, was not just, you know, that I wanted to be transparent, that I wanted to make sure that she understood she could come to me and say, Dad, I I'm, i don't like the way that happened. And I'd be like, wow, I'm, I'm listening. I'm with you. I see it. I disagree. I agree. I'm sorry. I, I hurt your feelings. I'm, you know, that that I could be that father, but that also informed me that if my daughter chose to be with men that that she would then pick a man who would also be like that that she you know that that she could have a husband and i I believe she's marrying one i believe she's marrying a man who's you know will look at her and be like yep that one's totally on me babe and i'm i'm sorry i'm gonna make this right and that transparency, I, I, I don't buy into the tough love concept. I don't buy it. Not, not as a parent. I don't buy it. I don't believe in it. And, and psychologically, when you look at the results of that fad in the late eighties, early nineties, it failed. It isolated and it created abandonment issues. It did not work. What it did is teach parents how to hold a, a boundary for once in their life. But to me, Transparency is the new tough love. I'm real. I'm, I'm fallible. So now I want to, I want to move to the fallible man concept that you have. Explain it. Where did it come from? Why did you land on this? Of all the, the alpha male influencers that are so up in our face right now. This to me, this is like, this is what an alpha male looks like. There is someone who goes, yeah, I own that 100%. I'm going to be a good dad to my daughters. That's my priority. And I'm going to, where did the fallible man concept come from?
1: I wanted everybody to know from from the go that I was not claiming I was perfect, that I didn't pretend to be perfect, that I wasn't going to tell you I was perfect, or say that I have all the answers. And this comes from, like I said, 20 plus years of working. Like I said, I was a youth minister, but I've worked in a lot of fields. This is 20 plus years of interacting with other humans and specifically young people. Right. I took that very seriously because I worked with kids, you know, as long as young as third and fourth grade, all the way up to college age on a regular basis. And over and over and over again, all of what anyone would call success in those situations always came from the honest relationship I had with the kids. There were always very clear boundaries. I'm a big, big fan of boundaries. I think they have to exist for a normal society to function, for a healthy society to function, right? There have to be rules. There have to be consequences. But when I enforced a consequence, it was always out of love. It was never out of anger. It was never out of, you're a bad kid. It was, these are the rules that we have here. If you want to be a part of this, then you have to choose to obey those rules or follow those rules. I had a friend introduce me to, I think he called it choice theology. I'm not sure what the actual, probably there's some psychological name for it, I'm sure. But the principle was he actually worked in downtown Portland at an inner city church with a lot of inner city youth. And it was always letting the kids make the choice to follow the rules. And that's the way they presented him. These are the rules. You don't have a right to be here. You have a luxury to be here. We want you here. We love having you here, but it is a luxury to be here, to get to be a part of this, to be connected with it. And so to abide in that, you have to abide by the rules that we have set to make this work. And so I applied that with a lot of the young people I worked with. I applied that with Adults I worked with when I was training people how to do the jobs in IT or in construction. Here are the rules. Here are the boundaries. These are why they exist. This is the purpose of them. I made sure that was very clear. I'm, I'm not a fan of extraneous rules. They need to serve a purpose. They need to be clear enough people can understand them. And the why behind them has to be abundantly clear or explainable. But these are the rules. And the consequences of breaking said rules is X, Y, and Z right? I had a kid, it broke my heart. I had to cut him out of youth group. He was living on the street. It's not like his life wasn't hard already. Like I was cutting his hair. He'd come and crash at my house on really bad nights. But my wife and I weren't in position to take him in and he was 18 going on 19. But he started selling drugs to take, just to have some money. And I told him, like I love you. You can't be here if you're going to sell drugs. I'm sorry. You have a responsibility. These younger kids, they're looking at you and that's not going to stay hidden. That will always come out. Truth will always come out. And I cannot have you involved with this young group of kids while you're in that activity. If you want to walk away from that, I will do everything I can to help you get a different job or whatever, because it's really hard for a homeless 19 year old to find a job. Not having a Actual address or any kind of real paperwork really kind of screws people on that. But I said, you know, I'll do everything I can to help you make another choice. But if this is your choice, this is what we have to inflict, right? This is, this is the consequence of that. And so I carried that with me pretty much everywhere I've gone. And with the fallible man, it's very simple, right? I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. That's a thousand times more relatable. I hate the alpha male space. I do. Guys screaming. I I had did a video about a guy. His thumbnail was him like him chewing on some raw meat. I was like, what the hell? Just no. It's a joke. The entire
0: movement is such a joke, and it's to me, it's it's the the death rattle of a of a dying concept. There's a there's a different kind of man out there that is absolutely the alpha man, and it's it's unaffiliated politically. It is unaffiliated spiritually, but it is affiliated through connection to other men, to children, to their partners. It's just, but, but I was saying on, on my last episode where I was talking to another gentleman who very much has a, a, a very similar message to you, um, that this, this is my, my, my son and I, uh, you know, I've, I've joked about putting together a podcast where we review all these alpha men and give them give them scores on this one to ten. It's like this. This is a joke. This is not. It's not real. And it's the same version of the the fear of missing out on Instagram or that that we would love to accuse women of promoting and falling for. Men are absolutely tripping over themselves. To be part of something that is not sustainable and does not exist and is just not
1: real. I've had the privilege of being around a lot of military guys and particularly a lot of operations guys, special forces. And I've never known a single one that had to walk around saying, look at me, I'm a badass, right? They're, they're some of the most unassuming men I've ever known. They they keep a low profile. They don't want the attention. They that just kind of do their life and most of them you would, would have no idea that you are sitting down with some of the scariest men in the world right uh i, I had a, a friend who was a navy seal who had transferred and was cross training into another and like you know he was average height average build total badass but you wouldn't like just sitting having coffee with him you would have no clue right? Totally unassuming, didn't have anything to prove. But, you know, people, people ask, cause I have a lion tattoo and I, I have a picture over on one of my walls. I like lions. It's like lions. I've always liked them. But one of the things I love about it is, you know, it's normal and alpha male imagery, right? You see a lot of lion crap, and a lot of wolf crap. When was the last time a lion ever had to announce to the rest of the planes, Hey, I'm a lion. Be I'm a lion. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, over here, lion over here, check out my Instagram page. <laughs> In case you missed it, right? I, I'm i I'm the, I'm the threat. You should be aware of me. The lions don't go around and, and parade themselves around They're like, look at me. Look at me. I'm, I'm the man, nah. right? They, they go about their life. And when the moment calls for it, they instantly jump into action, handle the issue and it's over. Right. So I, I laugh at just this. Those guys give me so much of a headache. I, I listen to them every now and then I'll see a YouTube video. I'm like, oh gosh, what is this trash? And it just kills me because it actually prevents men. It's going to the other extreme and it's preventing men from real growth and change. What What comes from real growth
0: and change? What's the reward that awaits men if they actually sink into... I think this version of Alpha that you and I are talking about, because like you, I'm I'm very involved with the martial arts hall of fame. And being around those men, you know, to, to, to one of my my other podcasts, The Matt. You know, I'm interviewing the guy who was Princess Diana's bodyguard and, and Carlos Santana's bodyguard and Cheryl Crow's bodyguard. You know, I mean, these are these are top martial artists, they're the sweetest. Guys hugging you, crying on the air about, you know, why they got into martial arts, what their relationships with their father was like. The most honest, open, transparent, unassuming. And then they go into the room, the other room to teach a class. And you're like, ah, you know, I'm going to stay right here. What's on the other side? What's at the end of the
1: camp? What's at the end? That, that's a really fair question. And the answer is there's no limit when you start to actually invest in yourself, becoming the best version of yourself, I believe every man is born with certain gifts, certain characteristics, certain traits. They have a purpose that they're born with, whether they're aware of it or not. But as you start growing and becoming the best version of yourself, right? In every facet, I was told a long time ago, I would be so unsuccessful this because I wasn't niche enough, right? Well, you need to target, you know, dads with kids from age three to seven, who have dual income. And li- shut up. That's not, a, that's not a person. Men are much more complicated than that. Every human is much more complicated than that. Right? And because of that, because we are more complicated, that there's no limit. Since I started my own journey, I'm working for myself. I'm growing a business. I love my relationship with my wife. We're getting, we'll be married 22 years in April. Is at an all time high, like we're, I love my wife. We have an amazing relationship.
0: You guys were childhood
1: sweethearts. No. Well, she was 19. I was 21 when we got married, but honestly, like we, our whole relationship was built long distance. The whole thing. I met her like three times in person before we got married, maybe four. Um, our whole relationship was built through phone calls, like actual, like cost you phone calls, like get, get the phone. We didn't have cell phones back then, you know or at least most people didn't have cell phones back then. So we had a lot of, you know, long distance bills growing up, but, and, and let me, all let me first say I screwed up my marriage. I cheated on my wife once. It almost cost me my marriage and my wife stayed with me because she's a stubborn woman. God bless her. She's a cowgirl. Right. And we we're years past that and have the best relationship of our lives. I have kids that can't wait to spend time with me. They love everything we're doing. And they're seeing me go on my own direction, follow what I believe is right for me, follow my heart, following my passions. We have conversations about investing. My children have investment accounts. They have their own business and we do it together as part of who we are as family. My life has only gotten better in every piece. I have this amazing relationship with other people, like I've, I've met so many incredible people that I've just built relationships with in this time. There's no end. Before I left my other job, I was a better employee. My boss was irate when I lost my job because management lost contracts and they decided who they were cutting. Not my boss. I'm still friends with my boss. I haven't worked for him in months. He came to my conference virtually because he loves everything that we're doing now. And he's been following me since the beginning, knowing one day I would leave the company that just got escalated when we lost some, some contracts. But he was at my conference virtually because we're still friends. I still get up every Saturday morning. I used to work day shift. The guy who worked night shift before me, every morning we'd talk as we were changing shifts, right? I haven't worked with him since July. I get up every Saturday morning and at five o'clock in the morning, we have phone calls and coffees together at five o'clock in the morning while he's working and we talk for two or three hours, right? We talk about what's going on with the fallible man. We talk about what's going on with his life. We, he's one of my biggest fans. He was an early supporter. And so my relationships have gotten better. My businesses experience have gotten better. My connections have gotten better. My outlook on life. I'm happier. I'm healthier. I'm handling problems better in my life. I'm branching out. We're starting to do some charity work. We're starting to reach into the community here locally more and get involved with supporting things going on in the community and plugging in deeper here. Cause it was like, Oh wait, I have this online business. How can I bring this home? Right? And that's when the conference was born. We thought about that first. That's where we decided to bring it all home. But since then we plugged deeper into the community and now we're more involved in that and getting into supporting like the local school district for the theater program and stuff like that. Right. The, the end is where you put it because at every step forward, you start to realize what you can do. This all started around me realizing I knew nothing about money because my 401k, when I first saw it was just trash. I didn't know I had to reinvest a rollover 401k from my last company. So it's set for six years in a money fund because a 401k was just something we talked about. They they said that in the interview. I had no idea what that was. I looked at my company 401k, realized that this thing had been sitting there for six years safe, but it wasn't making me any money. It wasn't helping my retirement, right? So I went on a year just tirade, learning everything I could about money because I realized I knew nothing about that. But once I realized that I can learn what I want to learn, I have the control to step forward and learn new skills, learn new abilities, take on new knowledge, grow my life. It's all in my hands. Once I started to really lock my head around that, I couldn't help but tell people, right? Because there is no end. Once you understand it's all in your hands, nobody's, nobody's writing the script. It's all in you. Then that gives you the power to become what you want to become to be who you want to become, to have the relationships you've always wanted to have, to live the life you've always wanted to live. Once you realize that's all in you and in your control, no matter where you are, you can start. And it may not feel like it now, but living this life, choosing to be better every day, make one step every single day, empowers you to be who you want to be, to live who you want to be. Once you understand that, once you start down that path, there's just no end. Life keeps getting better. My relationships are amazing. Like I said, that's, that's a big foundation for me is my relationships with my wife and my kids, but just with other people in general.
0: How are people going to find you? How are, how are families going to follow up with you, send their boys your direction? How can people find you? How can men look to what you're doing and, and get involved?
1: So the easiest way to find me is to go to my website, www.thefallibleman.com. I also own thefalliblemanpodcast.com because my podcast started out pacing the rest, but I'm starting to do, I have merchandise and my coaching services and other things on thefallibleman.com. So I separated my podcast off, but the easiest way is to go to thefallibleman.com. I'm at thefallibleman everywhere, except for Facebook, where I screwed that up because I didn't know anything about Facebook. And so my page is fallible man because I accidentally named my profile at the fallible man. So I'm at the fallible man everywhere except Facebook where I'm at fallible man. We have a private Facebook group for men on there called fallible nation. You will not hear any grunting, roaring or chest thumping.
0: Parents. One of the things I look for when I find other men who are talking about mentorship, especially in this time and era of this this alpha man craze, which is a knee-jerk response to feeling, in my opinion, my unprofessional opinion, this alpha man concept is a knee-jerk reaction to being called a toxic man. And this is the response, more toxicity. But I get it. And I just think it's it's the it's a death rattle of an unsustainable concept so when i do look for men to come on and talk about fathering parenthood and men in relationship with other men with women i'm always looking for that that quiet power not loud force dads those of you listening i want to say very clearly your force is irrelevant Your power is everything. The children respond to power, not force. Can't force your child to stop cutting. Can't force your child to stop taking drugs. So parents, as always, thank you for listening to Beyond Risk and Back. Hit that golden subscribe button and make sure you leave us a review so other parents can find the show to support their kids. That's how we support each other in this. Thanks to Deepin Productions for the producing of this podcast. And parents, take care of yourselves first, your adult relationship second, and your children third, because that's how we do our best work with our kids. I'll see you next week on Beyond Risk and Back.